Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen. I'm the president and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, working with nonprofit organizations across the country to help them translate vision into reality. I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast. Um, looking forward to another outstanding episode today with a topic that we haven't featured yet. We're going to be talking about corporate activism, corporate social responsibility, obviously a topic that's gotten a lot of attention particularly over the past year. And we're looking forward to learning more about the trends in that area um, from our guest today. Our guest is Micah Eilert. Uh, Micah is an assistant professor at the University of Kentucky, has done a lot of work and research around corporate activism, corporate social responsibility. Micah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. I'm very excited to be here. It's a pleasure to have you joining us. Micah, maybe at the outset, tell us a little bit about your background and, and, and your current work. Yeah, um, I'm a marketing researcher and um, I work primarily in corporate social responsibility and corporate activism, as you already pointed out. And um, I'm actually part of a group in marketing um, that's focusing on transformative consumer research too. And we are trying to understand and see how we can use marketing principles to have a positive impact on the marketplace and also society. And uh, my work really tries to focus on really try, trying to advance our understanding how, how companies can have such a positive impact. So many of our listeners are nonprofit leaders, nonprofit executives, board members, etc. They mostly interact with corporations, both as board members, but also as potential supporters of the mission in, in various forms. I'm curious, how did you become in, invested in, involved in, and curious about corporate social responsibility? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And actually, originally, it was when I was in the PhD program, and uh, our business school was working really hard on, um, on, on sustainability, trying to integrate it more into the business school. And we, um, we, we had a big working group tried really discussing cross-disciplinary about different topics in this area. And um, I was part of this work group um, within marketing and uh, this really then has shifted my, my research interest. And uh, I started focusing a lot more on what companies are doing that has either a positive, but also potentially a negative impact on the marketplace because you know there's two, two, two sides to this coin, right? So we have responsible behavior and we have irresponsible behavior. And ultimately, if we want to change or, or make sure that companies can change their behaviors, we need to understand um, both. Like we need to promote positive behaviors and we also need to understand how we can help them prevent these irresponsible behaviors. So when we, I want to jump right in here. When we think about corporate social responsibility, that's a term that seems like it's a, it's a catch-all for a lot of different activities. What are the spectrum of activities that are included when we think about, generally speaking, corporate social responsibility? Yeah, and and this is a really this is a tough question, and as you already said, it's a very it's a it's a very big term, and and from from my perspective, the way it's used, it really also depends on where, especially an organization, it's situated. If it's more in the marketing function, then we tend to think about this a little bit more about like customer marketplace facing activities, like 
sponsorship or cost-related marketing. Um, but then there's also other organizations that where this is more embedded in the entire organization. And then we also think about this um, from the perspective of employee volunteering. And, um, but actually um, it also, for example, what we see right now, the focus on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is also part of corporate social responsibility and also any activities that are focused on making supply chains greener and uh, more efficient, like those are also technically part of this um, umbrella term. Um, so I think from uh, from an outside facing perspective, I think it's, it's good to think about classifying these activities based on the stakeholders that are involved. And these are typically uh, consumers and, and employees as um, examples of internal stakeholders like that are part of the organization. And then the community and the environment from, uh, from that are outside stakeholders. And that, that captures most of the programs that we um, that, that we see and um, that, that we focus on right now and where nonprofits are primarily involved. Um, but it's also important to understand that they are very broad conceptualizations and, um, and, and, com and companies do get evaluated on many other things like how they're, as I said, like how they are hiring, how they are promoting, like what types of efforts um, are they making within the organization and their structures, their supply chain, um, their uh, like their environmental impact and and those are not necessarily captured by that either. So I mean it is a very broad umbrella term as you and said. And I think that that's an important point that you know when we think of corporate social responsibility, it's important to be specific about what we're talking about because as you said, some of those activities are more passive, meaning it may be sponsorships or it may be donations to nonprofits, participation in an auction or a fundraiser event. And then some are more active or are more community facing or more focused on change. I read a, a paper that you wrote recently um, and it drew a really important distinction that that I hadn't fully thought through of the difference between corporate social activism and corporate social responsibility. I wonder if you could maybe um, talk to us a little bit about how you see those two as separate and distinct items. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good point. And um, I mean, I, I do wanna point out that both of them are related. So um, basically activism can be, you can think about this as like a more like an extreme case of, of corporate social responsibility. But, um, but when it comes to corporate social responsibility, like the, the way we see it, it's really just more, the primary motivation is to support. And when it comes to corporate activism, the main objective, the goal should be to create change in one form or another. So that's a, that's a big differentiator because that ultimately results in different activities or different types of strategies that need to be implemented in order to get to, um, to, to get to the change. Um, in order to support, for instance, making a donation is, is, is fine, but you know, when you want to engage in corporate activism and create change, you need to think a step further. Like what is the impact? Would this donation, for example, help with creating this impact? Um, it could, but it might not. So, and that's really, that's critical when it comes to differentiating between CSR and, and, and corporate activism. Um, so other big differentiators are that for corporate activism, the issues tend to not that are supported or that need the support and where this the change is needed, they are 
typically the reason why this is, there is such a need is because they tend to be more controversial um, in, in society. There's the polarization of opinions and that's why there is, um, they're not making as much progress as we would like to see, or there's just not much of an awareness of the issue at all. So the potential of a company engaging in corporate activism and getting um, negative feedback from, from, from stakeholders is much greater. So, I mean, that's, that can include consumers, employees, that can also include um, the media, obviously, um, the community possibly too. So um, that, that's something to keep in mind that it's a more, a, a higher risk activity and as I said, because you are trying to create change and not just support, a company might have to rely on much more disruptive, much stronger activities and stances. So then they, they have to go out and say like, hey, we need this. And we've seen, for instance, companies threatening that they are withdrawing business from certain locations or putting resources into others and um, like, calling for resignations of public officials. And so it, these stances are very, can be very political and, um, and, and therefore some stakeholders or, or voices may come up that say, hey, we want companies to not engage in this political space and um, basically just focus on their core business. I think that's been one of the trends that we've seen in the corporate social responsibility area is more of a push, more of a call for corporations to go beyond just sponsorships, to go beyond more passive activities. And as you said, to embrace driving change and being a driving force for change. From the corporate perspective, what do you see? Because there are those drawbacks, there are those potential dangers. What do you see as some of the motivations for companies that lead them to, to push into this space that, that comes with some risk? Yeah, and um, I, I, want, I do want to say that there's a lot of the, mo the motivations to that, um, lead companies to engage in activism are actually very similar to why they're engaging in corporate social responsibility. And uh, we do see, we have seen a shift in the marketplace. Um, younger consumers are just much more engaged in these type of issues. They have been growing up with a planet where resources are becoming increasingly scarce and climate change and gun violence and inequalities that are being highlighted. And so they, they care a lot. And we have seen um, like study after study um, has tells us that this generation cares and they are willing to vote with their values. And um, basically they don't want to spend their money on companies that don't care. So there's definitely an incentive for, or, or companies are definitely motivated to, to, to respond to these changes in, in demographics and the marketplace. But also a lot of companies just really care. Like this is really, especially when it comes to corporate activism and as you said because there's such a greater potential for negative feedback it's um, a, a lot of companies that are very vocal they do so because it is part of their value system it is part of the organization like that's how they founded the organization and um, that's that's how they see their role in society and in many ways that makes them resilient to this this criticism that they might incur because they understand they they play a much larger role in in society than just making money 
and it seems as though sometimes that pressure can be a positive thing, right? So what I what I hear you saying is that um, for corporations, there are almost dual pressures on them right now in that uh, their employees, their own workforce are generally speaking more oriented towards activism, more oriented towards driving change. At the same time, many of their customers are experiencing the exact same thing. And so that pressure on companies to be more active and to take more of a leading role in driving change is coming from two different two different angles that are really important in, in um incentivizing and creating that motivation to act. Yes, yeah, and, and it's also important to understand that, you know, we when we talk about um, examples of where com companies have gotten a lot of backlash, like these are all examples of where companies have taken very strong stances and um, so very public stances. And those stances are needed because we need to see that companies are actually, that they do care and that they are willing to change. But if, um, if, if a company is, is just starting out and just thinking about, okay, so how can I make a difference? How can I engage in this dialogue? There are a lot of other changes that they can make that will contribute ultimately in the long run to the, this overall objective of, of helping this issue make progress that don't necessarily require the same stance. Like they don't have to disrupt in the same way and they can be, these changes are, can be more responsive. Um, and I would say- So there's not a one size fits all approach to corporate activism, right? A company can yes. still be true to their identity, true to who they are and their values in the way that they seek to drive change in communities. I'm curious from your perspective, are there any companies that you look at and you say, you know, this these this company or these companies have been really effective in navigating some of these risks uh, and doing it well. Yeah, I there's there's two companies to me that that are always standing out just because of what they're doing. The first is Ben and Jerry's, and I think like just because of the type of issues they're supporting and how they're supporting them, and they're just um, you can really see by the way they're responding, that they they just know the issue, they have the network, they, they, they know exactly how they need to talk, not to just the, the, the general population, but also to amplify and validate the issue and, 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 and the individuals that are being impacted or a part of this. So, so I mean, it's, it's it, it, some of them are very small linguistic things, you know, with the, the terms that they're using and how they're come, they're, they're talking about it. And I, I think like they're doing a really good job on, on, on that end. And so you can really see that it's embedded in the entire organization. And the second company that I really like to follow on, on in terms of their social activism activities is Patagonia and Patagonia is it's they're very different in what they're doing compared to Ben and Jerry's because Ben and Jerry's ultimately while they're heavily involved they're not a political company um, Patagonia on the other hand is very much a political company and um, there's a just a short there was recently a short um, episode launched on Bloomberg that talked about Patagonia and their activism and it also like clearly emphasized that they are motivated to 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 legislate like they are trying to get involved in to the political process to um, to basically help the environment or help any issues that they seem 
they deem important. And that makes this company very, uh, very different. Um, so they are focusing, like that's clearly an example of a company that's willing to disrupt <laughs> in the, our Absolutely. The marketplace. Yeah. Absolutely. It, one of the things that jumps out at me, whether we're talking about Ben and Jerry's or we're talking about Patagonia, is the way they show up from a corporate activism standpoint is very much consistent with their history. Right. So Ben and Jerry's hasn't doesn't just jump on the scene with a with a brand new approach to corporate activism or a brand new issue they've never talked about before. There's a consistency from their past activism to their present activities. What role from your perspective does a company's history, its own history and tradition play in how they choose to exercise their corporate social responsibility and perhaps their corporate activism? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's um, it's important to just mention if they have a history like both of these companies do. I mean, it it just gives them legitimacy in the marketplace. Like they can be these types of spoke people, like a spokesperson on behalf of the issue, support the issue. They are credible. They are authentic, and in some ways, they are not getting as much backlash because of it because we know that they're sincere. So we're not questioning their motive, and they're really their history plays a part into that. Um, so, but besides just the legitimacy part, it's that um, it, it, it really helps them with the different types of activities, as you mentioned. So they can be bolder, they can take stronger stances, be more disruptive. As I said, like they don't have to, they, they, they know how their stakeholders um, react. They know their stakeholders and their values too. So um, they, don't, they don't have to really, um, be concerned about this type of feedback because they have seen how the market reacts in the past and the market is also used to it. And um, the other thing I do want to point out too is like they can more likely engage in more um, impactful activities because they have this knowledge of working with organizations or individuals um, that are working on this issue are impacted by the issue so that they just have a better understanding of what is it really that this 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 issue needs to to make progress like for example is what you know a law that needs to be adopted or changes that we need to see in the marketplace so the history just really helps in terms of learning and understanding. There's a term that's coming to mind right now that I use with nonprofits a lot that I think is applicable for corporations in this space, and it's authenticity, right? It's the public has to has to believe that the stances that you're taking as a corporation, just like the stances that you take as a nonprofit, are coming from a place of authenticity that's consistent with who you are and your values, and that there is not an underlying profit motive or an underlying seize on popular opinion type of motive, because I see that's where some organizations, some corporations get themselves in trouble with people who don't necessarily believe the sincerity and authenticity of uh, of the activities. Yes, actually, authenticity is right now, that's basically the focus of the conversation. So how can companies be authentic? And especially when it comes to corporate activism, and a lot of a lot of the issues focus on people. So and, and we in this case, authenticity becomes very important because we don't want to see people that are already 
being uh, marginalized in society that are experiencing inequalities being exploited by companies for profit. So right. in many ways, like some of the concerns that we've already seen with corporate social responsibility, because authenticity plays a role there too. And because we do want to obviously see that companies are engaging in long-term efforts, but these concerns are really magnified when it comes to activism, because we know like these are vulnerable populations. They are really striving towards having an equal, equal place in society. And we just don't want to see companies really exploiting that, that, that right. the, the fight that they're currently engaging in. Micah, I'm a, I'm a collaborator. And so I'm always looking for ways to bring people and groups together. Um, last questions from me are around bringing the nonprofit community and the corporate community together on some of these issues. So, you know, when we talk about a lot of the areas that corporations are, are being active in, whether it's the environment or homelessness or, or uh, racial justice, these are areas where nonprofits have deep roots and have been working for years, in many cases, generations. Um, how can nonprofits and corporations more effectively partner together to amplify their efforts rather than working separately and distinctly? Yeah, I think like this is a really great area where both companies and nonprofits can collaborate and actually work on stronger and more long-term collaborations because companies need to understand the issues better and you know, and non the nonprofits that work on these issues they are such a hub of knowledge and expertise in this area. So they from my perspective what what nonprofits can really do is really really um amplify and, and and really position themselves also as as an expert and uh, in, in this area and to basically show companies like hey I can help you understand this issue better because you know you don't want to place the burden ultimately on individuals that are um, that are experiencing and and uh, and currently being marginalized right so um, and in some ways nonprofits are a great um, a, a great organization that um, that companies can talk to and and get more um, experience with the issue like understand what concerns are what impact is needed and I really think nonprofits need to, communicate that to companies that they're there and they can help companies with being authentic in their efforts. So really starting with potentially more like smaller space, like smaller, smaller activities that are more sincere, that are helping to change the organization and that are focused on really making an impact and taking also an appropriate role in, 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 in activism. I think it comes down to a healthy respect for the value and the contributions of each. So for corporations, you know, I, I love to see when they value the wisdom and the experience and the deep roots of nonprofit organizations in the community. Um, and, and they take advantage of that. They leverage that to elevate the issue. And then for corporations that they are open to using their platform, which in many cases may be larger, certainly if we're talking about a Ben and Jerry's and a Patagonia, they may they have a large platform to be able to spotlight some of the efforts of partner organizations, nonprofits that are working on these issues. I think that's where opportunities for collaboration can really have an have an impact in a way that values the contributions of each partner. 
Yes, yeah. Um, companies are really good at telling stories, and 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 so there are a lot of opportunities for nonprofits to become part of that platform as well, and um and 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 help companies tell stories with them, like basically about their collaboration. So, and that ultimately is also a win, a benefit for nonprofits because they get a much greater voice that will extend beyond the immediate community. And if they're able to also show the impact they're having with their corporate partner, that will also help them in terms of fundraising in the future too. So I do think that there are a lot of, um, as you said, you know, there are benefits for, for both sides and it's just really um, a matter of forging these types of long-term, more, um, more in-depth, stronger collaborations where both parties are using each other's platforms and drawing on each, each other's expertise. And in order to really um, help create change, and we, we also shouldn't for, forget that organizations, companies, they need to change from within too. And that is already, this is part of the solution as well. So, you know, so nonprofits can also really see companies as, part of their change efforts or you know another and another way to have an impact as well so yeah it's there's both both parties can um really benefit from the platform that the other one has and i think maybe a final point on uh, corporate activism and corporate social responsibility is sometimes we make the mistake of just thinking that we're talking about large national or international corporations. You know, we talked about Ben and Jerry's and Patagonia, but a lot of these same principles can apply to small businesses within communities as well. So just because you're not an Apple or a Google or a Ben and Jerry's and have a formal corporate social responsibility arm doesn't mean that there aren't ways in which small businesses that maybe board members are leading um, can't also take advantage of their platform, partner with nonprofit organizations for good. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of the, especially the local smaller businesses, they're very much embedded in their communities. So they care really about, you know, the, the, the concerns and the pains that the community is experiencing. And you know, we also see right now that there's a huge interest in, in companies transforming into B Corps and basically focusing on a more sustainable business model. So they yeah, this is, this doesn't have to be um, a Patagonia or Ben and Jerry's, but coming back to an earlier point, because these companies have have such a strong history, like they just have a lot of legitimacy. They're very visible in their in their efforts. But I'm sure that in the next couple of years, we'll hear a lot more stories from from companies. I'm already seeing them um, when when I'm looking at what companies are doing. Um, on, on social media, they're being talked about a lot more. So I would not be surprised if we just, if, 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 if Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's are, are getting a lot more company, you know, when we talk about these types of issues. Micah, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. As, as everybody listening can tell, Micah is a superstar when it comes to, comes to having these conversations. For those who may want to get more information from you um, or may want to reach out to you directly, Micah, how can, how can folks find you? Yeah, the easiest way, way is just to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I have a profile there. It also connects to my website. And you're welcome to reach out, um, email me, connect with me in um, any form on, on social media or via email. Excellent. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. It was great talking to you.
And for those who are listening, again, thank you for listening to Nonprofit Vision. Always enjoy hearing from our listeners and those who are enjoying the podcast. Um, even if you have ideas on future topics or guests that you want to, that you want us to cover, we're always all ears for that. You can reach out to me directly on my website at www.nielsenconsults.com, or you can find me by email, Gregory at nielsenconsults.com. Also encourage everybody to connect on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, uh, and let's keep the conversation going. Hope everybody stays safe and stay well, and we will be back soon with another episode of the podcast.